ask an interest in your prayers this afternoon. Ask uh, mainly that the Lord will have mercy upon us. <laughs> we need mercy every day, uh, whether we realize it or not. Um, his mercies are new every, every day, every morning we wake up. We're seeing a blessing from the Lord and receiving just a little bit of his mercy to begin our day. Uh, the subject matter this afternoon I want to speak on is mercy, Baker. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I love mercy. Sister Bosch asked what I was going to speak on this afternoon, and I said, it's going to be some mercy. And she says, we sure need it. I said, amen, sister. I love the mercy of the Lord. I love all the blessings of the Lord. I feel like Jacob, you know, he says he didn't serve the least of God's mercies. And that's how a true child of God who sees himself in this world and sees God in the position where he's supposed to be, as we are dust of the earth and he is the almighty God, the ruler of the universe, we need mercy. There's no other way to look at it. We need his mercy to get through every walk here in this life. The psalmist says in Psalmist 103, 17, that, but the mercy of, of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. Not everybody fears the Lord. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There's no fear before his eyes. His mercy is everlasting, everlasting to them that fear him. If you fear the Lord, not in a way of, you know, dad used to paddle us, and put us in time out. And I was, well, I pray for some mercy. And I don't feel like I got that mercy. But maybe I did get the mercy. Maybe he only... Uh, took a hold of my backside a couple of times instead of six or seven times so he probably did show me a lot of mercy <laughs> but the Lord's mercy the fearing of the Lord is different fearing his almighty hand he treaded the wine press alone he is a victor over all of our enemies he is a victor as the blood was uh, spattered and hit his uh, wardrobe that was a sign of victory he treaded it alone that's where we receive our mercy from the one who's taken all of our enemies and put them away. He's put away the devil. He's put away sin. He's put away the grave. He treaded it alone. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. He is the victor. It says all upon him that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. You can't read the, the Bible and not come across the subject of mercy. He said in the beginning of that psalm, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's how you're blessing the Lord with all your soul. We're supposed to love him with all our heart and our soul and our mind. That's what we're supposed to do. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Okay, he says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases, he says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and what? Tender mercies. He talks about the manifold mercies of God. The manifold means there are many, there are various types of mercies God sheds upon his children every day of their life, in the morning when they wake up. I need the mercy of God all the days of my life. How about you? I love the mercies of the Lord. He says, they're tender mercies. There's nothing better than receiving the mercies of God because they're very tender to a, a depraved heart of a child of God having to go through the things we did, 
go through every single day. There's not a day that we don't need the very mercy. And not only mercy, but some tender mercies. There's nothing better than tender. He says, who satisfy thy mouth with the good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executed righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. They did nothing but murmur and complain and were too much for Moses. He couldn't even do it himself. He gave up. He wished he was going to die. He was in dire straits. But the Lord made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. He had mercy upon them. He gave them manna. He gave them quail. They were almost falling out the mouth. He was like, here, you want some quail? You got it. Here, you know, you go back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And they uh, dressed their clothes with fig leaves. You don't think the Lord had mercy on them? He could have just let them walk around with fig leaves that was going to wither away. But no, he clothed them <laughs> with animal skins. That was mercy right there. Can you not see the mercy in that? He took care of them. They were out, out of sorts. He says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Imagine if he was quick to anger like we are, but he's not because he's a merciful God. He's slow to anger and gracious or plenteous in mercy. There's that word, plenteous, manifold, various. There's plenty of mercy in God. Paul told the uh, church at Rome, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the what? The mercies of God. He said mercies. He didn't say just mercy. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brother. And he just got through a whole bunch of doctrine in the first part of Romans. And now he's going to get into a practical aspect here. And he's going to them in a tender way. He's addressing these Romans here in just the most tender and affectionate way. He says, I beseech you. He wants to get their attention. He says, brethren, we're all like brethren of like precious faith. He, he, Jesus Christ came to the earth and was made like unto his brethren. That's some mercy right there. He says, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's, our, it's reasonable for us every single day, not just a reasonable service here in the house of God, because it's by the mercies of God that we're even here today. It's by the mercies of God that we're not consumed. Okay? We should be... We, ask for mercy upon this country, upon our family, upon our life, upon our church. We're always looking to the Lord for mercy. His mercy and compassion, they fail not. Okay? Look at the life of Jacob. If you want to turn to Genesis in chapter 28, you know, Jacob, you know, I, a lot of times, I've said this before, I look at different <laughs> characters in the Bible, and I try to compare myself sometimes, uh, Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. I just want to kind of see how I fit in the story. And a lot of times we can match up to some of the ones in, in the Bible. But Jacob had been a trickster, a deceiver, a liar. I mean, he, he was a hot mess. I've said it before. He was a bad dude. <laughs> he had a lot of stuff going on. And I look back at my life as a childhood and into my teenage years, into college, and just a life and see how the Lord has been merciful to me and carried me. Along the way, there's so many times in my life, I look to the Lord and say, Lord has had mercy upon me. You know, I'm not worthy of the least of, of the mercies. As we'll see. So Jacob, in verse 28, it says, Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him to go take a wife. And so Esau, he's already a, 
not happy with Jacob, as we all know. I mean, he is already told he's going to kill him. And Jacob's running for his life. And now he's going to go take a wife. Esau hears about it. So Esau says, well, I'm going to go take the wife out of the ones that our father Isaac told me not to take a hold of. And uh, that night, in verse 11, he says, The light upon a certain place and tarried there all night, Jacob did. Because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them up for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. He was gone away searching. He's, now he's laying down on rocks, his pillows. And he had a dream. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and at the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Here, we got, here we're going to receive some mercy. The Lord visited him that night when he was on the run. When he was on the move, trying to flee from Esau and everything to do with it. He wanted to go get a wife. He says, Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and he goes and we can go on over to chapter 32 with the Lord visiting him. pretty much born him again at this point and we get to chapter 32 and here he's still in dire straits here and Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him and when Jacob saw them he said this is God's host and he called the name of that place Mananate. and Jacob sent messengers he, didn't, he wasn't even going to go himself, okay? He's going to send messengers to Esau, letting him know he's got a bunch of stuff for him. He's trying to get out of a pickle. So Jacob doesn't even do it himself. He sends messengers before him to Esau, his brother, and commanded them, saying, Speak unto my Lord Esau, thy servant Jacob, saith that I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And he told him he had oxes and asses, flocks and manservants and women servants. He says, tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, we came to thy brother. And, I, uh, and then they told him Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. I'm, I'm afraid and I'm distressed about a lot of different things. Okay, Jacob has <laughs> been a hot mess from a long time. He's done a lot of bad things. The Lord's visited him. Now he's afraid of... <laughs> Of Esau, his brother. Jacob, Jacob needs some mercies, okay? Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed and divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels and two bands. And he says, And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return to thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. He says, I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. You know, the Pharisee and the publican, the publican smote himself on the breast and asked for what? For mercy upon his soul. He wasn't worthy. You know, that Pharisee was well worthy, wasn't he? <laughs> he came, presented his case before the Lord. He was worthy, not like this publican. But the publican received mercy that day. He went to his house justified. Why? Because he knew that he was a sinner in need of a Savior. He needed God's mercy on that occasion. He said, Jacob said, I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. Mercies, not just mercy, of all thy mercies. The Lord is plenteous 
and mercies. He's at the mercies of David. He says, and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. Has the Lord showed you the truths of salvation by grace alone? If he has, he's had mercy upon you. Why are you so special that you deserve the truth of God's salvation by grace alone? It's by his mercies. Do you, do you understand? It's by God's mercies that we're even here today. And we've received of thy truth and all of his mercies. I love the subject of mercy. This wasn't a hard one to pick out, but I need, I need it daily. I hope you do too. I, I only, not only want God's mercy, I need God's mercy. And God is able to provide it. I, I'm glad he ain't running short on mercy today in 2023. He ain't coming to him and he says, well, I'm tapped out right now. Uh, Brother so-and-so over here, he's got a lot more trouble than you do. <laughs> no, that is not the way. With his, Remember what we read earlier? His mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. There always will be and always has been mercy. He's a God. He cannot change. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. We would be consumed a lot faster than anything. My life would have been consumed a long time ago if it weren't for the God's mercies. He says, I'm not worthy. I love that. He wasn't just the mercies. It was of all the truth that he has shown Jacob. He says, the Lord is, uh, you know, omnipotent Lord. We talk about the sovereignty of God. We talk, you know, the sovereignty is not in the Bible, but sovereignty just means that he has all power. Okay. God has all power and all mercies. Paul told, said in 2 Corinthians 1 and 3, he said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of what? Of mercies and of all comfort. He is a God of compassion. He is a God of mercies. And we are to bless the God, like we read in the, in the Psalms, Blessed be God and the Father of mercies. But he said, when he talked about uh, sovereignty, he's talking about Jacob and Esau. And Jacob surely wasn't the one that the Lord would have chose. It's not the one we would have chose. We would have chose Esau. But God, in his sovereignty, he has all power to do, have mercy upon whom he have mercy and compassion on whom he will have compassion. He says in Romans chapter 9, in verse 12, he says, And it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? That's what the natural man would say. There's unrighteousness with God. Why would he love Jacob, the supplanter, the trickster? It's because the Lord is merciful. He is sovereign. He can love who he wants to. He can have mercy upon who he wants to. So if you have received the mercies of God, we need to praise God and thank him for that because he can give it to who he wants to, as he wants to, and as he pleases. That's what's great about our God. He can do it. So if you've received the mercies of God, we need to offer praises unto his name. We need to bless him, oh my soul. He says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. He told Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Jesus had compassion on the multitudes as seeing them without a shepherd being scattered abroad, the Lord looked upon them and had what? He had compassion. He had mercy on those that did not have a shepherd to guide them, to protect them, to love them. He showed compassion. That's what it means. He had mercy upon them. 
He says, so it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that what? Showeth mercy. It's not based on our righteousness. He told Titus, he says, not according to our righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us and washed us with regeneration and renewed us of the Holy Ghost. That's what God did. It was his mercy. It wasn't our righteousness. Is why he even saved us to begin with. So it's not of him that was. It's not your will. It's not works. We definitely believe in that. It's but God's mercy that he saved us. When you think about the mercies of God being temporal, the providence of God throughout the, the world, through the Israelites, to us here and now, how the Lord has carried us all the days of our life, and the providence, that's mercy. That's mercy. And the spiritual, his atoning blood, you know, the new birth, all that is from the mercy and the mighty hand of God. He given us the throne of grace that we can come to what? To obtain mercy. We can come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace and help in the time of need. I need it. What did Peter say in 1 Peter 1 and 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, it's according to God's abundant mercy that he saved anyone. If he only saved one person, it would be mercy. He saved all of his children. All will come across Jordan, my friend, every single one of his children, without the loss of one, what? Because of God's mercy. I need mercy. I need to come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. God has provided that. Why? Because he's just simply a merciful God. A just God has all justice, but he shows mercy. Mercy and truth has met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We deserved going to hell. God has laid down his life that we'll be with him. We are reconciled based on his mercy. We're reconciled to God because of his mercy. I've said mercy a million times, but I'll never be able to say it enough when it comes to the mercies of God. They're, they're plenteous. They're manifold. They're everywhere pre present, just like he is, and nowhere absent. God is a merciful God. So when Paul told the, the church there, he, he beseeches them, you know, it's easy uh, that we should be able to present our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. We are a holy people. We are a peculiar people. A holy kingdom, you know. We are based on the mercy of God. So we're to present our bodies a holy sacrifice, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And I beseech you this afternoon that we present our bodies every day the Lord, our bodies are the Lord. You know that, right? They're not ours. It matters, you know, it does matter what people look at you. It matters how people see you. It matters how people preserve you. We're supposed to present our bodies, not only here at church, but in this world that we live in. Why? Because the Lord has been merciful to us. He has saved us with a you know, holy calling. I love the Lord, and I love his people. I hope that I can be to God present my body a living sacrifice. I haven't presented my body a living sacrifice over the years, but I have the opportunity each day by day because the Lord's mercies are new every morning. I have the opportunity. He makes all things new to present myself in a way that's holy and acceptable unto God. 
the God and the Father, the Father of all mercies. I appreciate your time this afternoon.